Hello, and welcome to the Future Proof Podcast. This is our monthly podcast where we chat about stuff we've been working on and anything cool we're planning. I'm Gregory Avery Weir. And I'm Melissa Avery Weir. And today our episode is going to be a little different than usual. Uh, We've been talking a lot of strategy lately, and we wanted to talk about uh, what we've been doing and offer some insight. And since we had to have sort of a strategy meeting anyway, we figured we'd record it and just elide any... uh, (laughs) confidential information in the editing process super confidential yes so we've been struggling a bit with a lot of things with regard (laughs) to future proof lately (laughs) and in life um but it's it's been tricky to get as much done as we wanted to and Mm -hmm. to get enthusiastic about work and to promote ourselves in the way that we felt that we should yeah and so maybe what a couple weeks ago yeah about two or three weeks ago we sat down at a local cerveceria with some pizza and just sort of discussed everything. Yeah. Um, had a long document with a bunch of bullet points on it. Yeah, it was everything from, like, what do we want Future Proof to be? Like, we have a business plan. We wrote um, it four or five years ago. Yep. And we've not done a great job at revisiting that. Um, it's kind of woven into our marketing, um, Mm -hmm. but not necessarily woven into the threads of our work as deeply as it should be. It's it's not a driving thing quite the same way. And that's the sort of thing that like you're, you theoretically do at least once a year, you revisit that and make sure that you're, Mm -hmm. you're doing that. We just hadn't done that in a while. And, and this is, this was when we did it. Yep. And I think it was really, really useful. Yeah. Yeah. Took a while. Got a few beers out of the way, but yeah. So one of the one of the things that we struggle with is breaking even or turning any sort of profit. Um, right, like we're a business. We're a business. We feel like we should be building our business and getting right. to a point where we're where it's a job for us and the indie dream. <laughs> yeah. Which And not like Minecraft the indie dream, but just like not having a day job the indie right. dream. Right. <laughs> and that's hard and requires a whole lot of luck. Yeah. And also might not be for us. Maybe not. So, yeah, I think one of the things that that we've hit again and again and again is we would, you know, when we started, we released Ossuary in 2013, um, the end of the year, and we were like, okay, so we did what we thought was an okay marketing plan. At that mm-hmm. point, it didn't work. Yeah. We didn't in retrospect, do... it was bad. But... Was... Sure. Yeah. Right. But we had this idea, like, okay, we'll iterate on that. Mm-hmm. And so we've iterated on it, and we, we've changed up various parts we've done tracking different ways try to collect as much data as we could and marketing isn't working and what's one of those things where it's like it's like everybody has an opinion on it Mm -hmm. and if you're talking to other people they're like oh well why don't you just have an instagram and i'm like what do i put on it like we're not producing tons of graphical material yeah like well you come up with stuff and i'm like how many brain cells do you think i have a day to keep up a day job and come up with all these and implement all these magical marketing ideas yeah it's it's taken us a long time to where we can even like post on social media semi-consistently right and it's and so it's you know it's been a struggle of like you know if it's been five years Mm -hmm. what's our next iteration on marketing and the answer is we don't know and we've been asking ourselves this for a while and i've considered doing an mba Mm -hmm. um i've read some books business degree yep um but we keep asking, like, how are we going to learn how to do the things we don't know how to do that make capitalist companies work? 
Yeah. And the answer is we don't really want to. <laughs> yeah, Fundamentally, like all all that stuff feels like stuff we have to do in order to have some sort of lifestyle making these games right instead of the one that we're choosing to do now so that we can make these games right we've essentially decided like let's chillax on this whole like on this whole profit idea and even the break-even idea like we both have day jobs we both mm-hmm. make good money so us contributing enough equity into the company on a monthly basis to keep the hosting on mm-hmm. and keep a couple of software bits that we buy is actually not that bad. Yeah. I mean, we don't have a very many customers. We don't have very many costs on server maintenance and so right. on. Right. It feels really freeing to be like, yeah, let's do what we want to do. <laughs> yeah. And I think there are some things that we've learned to do that fall into that, that marketing. I have this number in my head from, you know, five years ago or whatever when we started that... If you're going to be, you know, an indie dev company, you need to spend at least 25 or 30% of your time on marketing. Um, And this is like, you know, stuff that like Rami Ismail or Mm -hmm. um, Simon Roth and like other like really experienced indie people say at your standard GDC Mm -hmm. talks or your Gama Sutra articles or whatever. Um, And they're they're presumably not wrong. Like, I I have no evidence that they're wrong. It's just we weren't doing it correctly. Yeah, I, I respect their hustle a lot. Yeah. But I don't... And they're, I, they're doing it. <laughs> yeah, I, I just can't imagine living like that yeah. and even myself. When, and even when we did spend a considerable percentage of our time doing marketing, we weren't seeing results. Right. So we weren't doing it right. Um, and so, I don't know, it just is one of those things that doesn't feel like it's worth doing when the amount of pickup we would need for for this to become a replacement job for us is pretty substantial. Yeah. Um. And it, I don't know, it just doesn't feel like that's the thing to be churning for when I feel blocked on creativity as a mm-hmm. result of trying to think in terms of what's profitable. Yeah. So part of that maintaining profitability and, and always being on the grind and so on that has meant is that we haven't done a thing that's been productive for us in the past, which is go on retreats. Yeah. So when we, was our first one the one when we finished Ossuary? It was. It was the, it tends to be the weekend of my birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so around October, whatever weekend is closest, October 23rd. Um, and yeah, and, it, and we did it locally. Yeah, we I mean, this like, this is not like an extravagant thing. Like we got yeah. a, we went to a extended stay hotel. In, in the city we live in. Yeah, like near the airport, far right. away from. Too far from any takeout places, it turned out. <laughs> yeah, that was a bad decision. And just like sat at a table and worked on stuff. And we yeah. finished all the big remaining tasks on Ossuary. Mm-hmm. And then uh, later on, another time, we was it when we did a trailer or, or the plot for Headless Swarm, maybe? Yeah, I think we did a big easy D, uh chunk of planning. Um, in fact, our yeah, our main plot document might have been from a retreat. Um and and it's one of those things, the reason we were willing to even do it, like, in town is when you are, like, we don't tend to think of ourselves as two very social people, but yeah. we're both, like, polyamorous, and, and at various times we've had multiple partners, and, like, I've got two cats who will be as needy as they want to be, and I've got, like, video games, right? Yeah, and, and I mean, we're both inclined to get into a podcast, or, right. you know, start reading something really interesting online, like, we're... we're yeah. And seek so, that stimulus so this was the closest thing to the sort of 
Like, you hear about writers being, I'm going to unplug for the weekend. Well, we can't unplug. Like, that's yeah. literally, we have to be on We need on servers. Everything. Like, right. especially <laughs> XY Zero Day, if we want to write a puzzle for it, we have to be able to contact the web server. <laughs> right. Um, and so this was the closest we can get to that. It was just like, just don't be in your house. Just don't have all the things in your house that you want to play with. We haven't done that. I feel like it might have been, I think it's been two or three years since Something we've like done that. it. Yeah, yeah it's been a right. while. And so we want to do that. And, and at the time, for the last couple of years we've talked about bumping it up to twice a year yeah um and i think two years in a row we were like let's do that and then we didn't end up doing that so we're gonna do it in 2019 yeah. and so are we thinking beach i would love to do the beach so we're in central north carolina mm-hmm. it's really easy it's like a four-hour drive for us to be at the beach or the mountains yeah i prefer beach um because beaches are awesome and internet is more readily available <laughs> yeah the place we we have gone a couple times in the mountains is is kind of in a it, well it is literally in a valley yes and it is deliberately and it is in a cell valley yeah that, that's why the, that bed and breakfast yeah. is there or or that's why that bed and breakfast has not installed a cell tower right so here's the thing though so we've mm-hmm. been talking about quarter one quarter two 2019 mm-hmm. if we go to the beach I've never been to the beach in winter, so I am not opposed. We're not talking about swimming. I don't. I'm not climbing in the ocean. Are you thinking about sitting around on a freezing ass? Not in January. Beach? In like spring break time, people okay, go spring to break the beach. Time, yes. Okay. I don't know when that is anymore because I'm too I don't old. Know. I think it varies. But it's March or April or okay. whatever. So that's 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 on the right. Definitely more quarter. Getting into quarter two solidly. Yeah, that could work. And. We know there are hotels that have good, decent patios and or yes. like balconies, and there are places that are like not full-on beach houses because those always require like a week stay, which mm-hmm. is excessive. But you can do a weekend stay at a little apartment place that has like a deck or a patio, and then you've got a place to sit outside yeah. if you want to. I haven't picked a specific place in mind. Uh, I have a list of a couple. Are um, you thinking Polly's Island again? Probably. Yeah, that's the town we like to go to. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. It's yeah. got a cool national park. Oh, yeah. The Tidewater. The, the marsh, marsh place. Park. Yeah. And, and then, then the... a cool sculpture, Sculpt- botanical garden. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. botanical garden, just garden. Just garden. Yeah. yeah. Brook uh, Green Gardens. It's really, really cool. Um, so, yeah, we like to go there. What are your preferences? Uh, I mean, honestly, that all sounds good to me. I don't... <laughs> I... I'm often stressed out by planning trips. Um i i mean i know that everyone is but but i'm that often keeps me from from just doing it and i keep putting it off Mm -hmm. um but i like the idea of the beach i'm i'm just trying to envision like are we i guess a deck would be the thing a deck or a balcony right so that we i want outside access yeah like we wouldn't want to sit in our hotel room in a special place right for sure and work on a thing so so we yeah we'd figure that out there are definitely options, um, and we can get, I mean, we can get creative even with our day jobs, because working yeah. remotely isn't a problem. So oh, if yeah, it's like, yeah. do we want a beach house for a week? Sure. And Yeah, I, I work, contract work <laughs> completely remotely, and you right. have a decent amount of flexibility working from home, yeah. quote unquote. So, so I would love to do that. And then I think aiming for two next year, one in the spring, one in the fall. Yeah, I think so. We need to keep up on that, but we've got mm-hmm. kind of some increased. We've planned for some increased quarterly meetings and such that'll keep that um, keep that visible. Yeah, yes, and to to move on to that, we've had trouble 
Yeah, there's all these sorts of like little things you need to to have bubble up and be visible in a company. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I use I usually work for larger companies, so we have like lots of structure and reporting and and what many people consider an excess of meetings. Um, but one thing these companies are able to do as a result is like know when their SSL certificates are going to expire because yeah. they track it and do visualize upgrades. Yeah, yeah, and there's all this sort of stuff. So we've we've I think we've done okay at that. We aren't yeah. terrible at it. Like we have monthly maintenance cycles where we at least uh-huh. check in on our servers and our SSL stuff, even if we don't do a ton of upgrades. Um, we, you know, we kind of have kind of some cadence for this, but there are things that fall through the cracks. Like um, there's a sale coming up in January on a, some platform that uh-huh. everybody puts the games on. Right. And, Will we remember to go put our numbers in, in time for it to start? Right. Um, who does that? <laughs> who remembers to go do it? Yeah. Who puts, when our hosts are having scheduled server maintenance, where does that go? Um, there's all that sort of stuff that just kind of gets lost. Um, and then there's kind of like refocusing, like asking ourselves how our projects are going on beyond the week-to-week cadence, like zooming out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so... I am currently at a company that does a very good job with their large department meeting. Um, and they do it monthly at the moment. But for us, I think a quarterly cadence on sort of that larger structure. And the question we want to ask ourselves, and this kind of gets back to our business plan, where we, our general purpose, our vision statement, our vision statement is that we want to make games that inspire audacious compassion and inspire dramatic social change yeah we sort of look at our art as a way of communicating values to people yeah and encouraging them to act in accordance with those values right it sounds like super lofty but all art is always conveying some values so we might as well make ours right like (laughs) not shitty (laughs) like the alternative the alternative is make art that conveys bad values and encourages people to not do stuff or makes or makes values you don't even notice it's making right Right. like you could just like choose not to observe that thing um and so we want everything we do Beyond, like, I have to keep the books, you know, like in QuickBooks or whatever. But even that, like, serves this purpose. Yeah. Um, But we want everything we do to kind of be in service of that. So, like, how do we market ourselves? Like, if we're doing Mm -hmm. social media, how are we doing it? Is that in line with producing dramatic change in the world? Um, And so... I don't know what promotional materials that are in line with those values are, but I'm excited to find out. I mean, we know it's not sending emails, 150 emails yep. to yep. Mark, to journalists hoping that any of them give any shit about what we're making. I really like the journalists <laughs> we send stuff to, and I'm really glad when they respond, but it doesn't feel good to do right, it. It right. feels like we're imposing. It, it's, yeah. it's all weird. Yeah. I don't know. If, if the way we're communicating maybe changes, then that might become a viable strategy again. But quarterly... We want to ask ourselves that question. What did we do to dramatically change the world this quarter? Um, and that will kind of be the driving question and looking at how we've been doing and what we're planning to do. So what did we do to dramatically change the world? Well, this isn't our quarterly meeting. We have that no. in January. Oh, okay. Okay. I do I do think, I like the streaming we've been doing. I yeah. I, one of the things that 
has surprised me. So, like, we have very few YouTube subscribers because right. we haven't really used YouTube much except yeah, for just channel, like throwing trailers up. Um, but we've been getting some comments. Um, yeah. Someone had a suggestion for how to play Shelter 2. Uh, that was like hard mode, so I was like, yeah, oh. like nope. But <laughs> like, it's it. cool to have that that viewpoint, and I, that's that feels like we're reaching people right. more. Um, I like that. Um, I feel like that's like just encouraging people to check stuff out that yes, they might not otherwise like going. Hey, here's Shelter too, a weird game about being a cat. Yeah, or even like I played No Man's Sky the other day, not as a future proof thing, mm-hmm. um, and had people be like, I'm. Never actually seen this game play. This looks cool. Like, cool. Great. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. And I feel like, I think I'm still, on on our Future Proof streams, I'm still a little bit on the catching up with popular indies train. Like, I just played Virginia. Yes, but I think that we're what we think of as really well-known games, because we listen to Waypoint and Giant Bomb, and we follow this stuff. and Game Awards. and and Yeah, and like, we follow people on Twitter who, who do this stuff, like... A lot of the people who are going to stumble upon us on Twitch, especially stuff rating from random channels, yeah, is stuff that people haven't seen. Like, that's fair. Yeah, bunch. I hadn't even seen a trailer for Virginia before I yeah before I played so, it. So <laughs> few people have seen Virginia. Like, I played Paratopic, which I knew about. I think. Oh yeah, no rock paper shotgun <laughs> gushed over it at some point, but that game was weird as hell. Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, Quarantine Circular is by Mike Bithell, who did Thomas Was Alone, mm-hmm. which. I think should mean that it's incredibly well known, right. but you know, people don't. Not everyone follows individual creators right. in the same way as, as I do. Um, so yeah, I, I like exposing folks to stuff, and I think that that helps broaden people's view of games, yeah. which is something I've always been interested in. Yeah, it was interesting to play. Like, I'm interested to see if anyone replies to or comments on like Virginia because that mm-hmm. ending is something else. That is a weird. And I hadn't, ending. yeah, I hadn't realized it was so controversial, and it ruined the game for some people. They were yeah, like, "I can't." Sure, I mean, it is, it is. It. I am surprised that you weren't more displeased with it because you often don't like ambiguous endings, like um, uh, the uh, spinny Inception. Yeah, Inception yeah. really bugged you, and and a few things like that. Yeah, I'm older and wiser. Um, it felt different because I was because I was doing it. Yeah. Um, but I'm also still thinking about it. But mm-hmm. I'm not, like, angry at whoever made the game, right? right? Like, part of what bugged me about Inception was Leonardo DiCaprio's face. <laughs> <laughs> sort of Walking pensive, out into the... Pensive smirk. Walking out onto the balcony or whatever. Um, but yeah, I thought Virginia was good. It's good for me to, to play all these weird games. Mm-hmm. Um, it's inspired me to play other games. Like, I will fall into a space where I will play Endless Space 2 for 100 hours. Yeah. Um... And instead, I've been breaking that up by playing Space Run and a whole bunch of other stuff that I might stream or not. Um, but it's it's good for me, um, and I think our streaming is good for out outward. Less, I don't know. It's not for marketing, right? Like we're yeah. not like being like, "Hey, Mike Bipple, come hang out on our stream." Despite time zone differences, I yeah, think he's I mean, We we usually like tag people in so that they do. can they can stop in if they want. But yeah, yeah. Um, and I think another thing that we did that that encouraged some change is our, our ongoing rosette diceless promotion yeah um i think that 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 game has a vision of what it means to play a tabletop role-playing game with people that is mm-hmm. that is mildly revolutionary 
mildly radical. It is in the circles that we have LARPed in in the past. Yeah, definitely. Um, like compared to, to some of the stuff we've done with, with White Wolf yeah. systems. I mean, if we were to if we were to go to... I haven't played Mind's Eye Society in forever because mm-hmm. it wasn't great for me. Um, <laughs> but if, if we were to take something like Rosette Diceless and if we converted like three people out of a gaggle <laughs> mm-hmm. to prefer a consent-based system for LARPing... I would feel like we had dramatically changed the world. <laughs> that's, that's fair, yeah, yeah. That's the sort of thing I think um, can make a difference, especially especially to people who are LARPers. Like, you're interacting with people mm-hmm. in a way that where consent is perhaps even more important. Is that, is that even fair? Even more important than, like, a home D&D game? Possibly, yeah. yeah. Because I think that when you've got all those social ties in and out of character, it can feel mm-hmm. like your whole social life revolves around these folks that you need to please and satisfy mm-hmm. the, I mean, it sounds dramatic, but satisfy the pl- fantasies of right. while you're playing this, this game. You're not and, wrong. Like, yeah. And it becomes other than even outside of the game sessions, you tend to be sending emails about it or thinking about it or talking about it. So it can just really kind of subsume your life. And if there's someone who's toxic um, or you feel like you don't have agency or something, like it, that just really builds up. Yeah, it's so. better to have it be this life-affirming thing that mm-hmm. is a big part of your life. So how how do you feel, how does your life feel now that we've shifted some of our priorities around Exploit Zero Day? <sighs> My beloved baby Exploit Zero Day, by which I mean your beloved baby Exploit Zero Day. Yeah, so one of the weird things about the projects we've done with for future proofs is every single one of our big projects has been based on some work that i did before the company started yeah um which is bad like it's off like it's awful for you because you are also a creative person like an incredibly creative person with incredibly good ideas so there was something we did as part of this original talk that we had a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. and i happened to open my ideas file Mm -hmm. while we were talking just like a place where you note down, like, yeah. hey, a commonplace book, I think is what it's often called. That's a good name for it. And I hadn't looked at it, really, in a few years. Like, this, I think the last edit might have been 2015 or something, maybe even 2014. I had some good-ass ideas in there. Mm-hmm. And they all almost predated Exploit Zero Day. <laughs> <laughs> um, certainly Headless Swarm. And it was it was eye-opening on how, like in the trenches i have been on majesty of colors and mm-hmm. this and rosette diceless is based off of lore mm-hmm. um which you did many years ago yeah 2009 um, yeah um majesty was also 2009 2008, or 2008. yeah eight. uh exploit <laughs> mm-hmm. was 2010 yeah. and ossuary uh no that was another 2009 one i yep. think and ossuary was was a follow-up to the style of narthex yeah so we haven't had like other than jam games we haven't had which we've only done two yeah yeah uh so now that we really think of these in terms of like ip (laughs) right but we haven't had fresh ip so yeah we decided to like reprioritize kind of this work on exploit zero day we'd had sort of a release structure in mind and a prioritization um that kind of focused on getting some new features out and then eventually working on opening it up Mm -hmm. still in closed alpha right now you need to be on the mailing list to get a key or ask us for a key um 
And so we shifted that to be like, okay, let's get Headless Swarm out the door. We're mm-hmm. obligated to finish yeah, it. Yeah, we have we have sold copies of Headless Swarm, like <laughs> pre-order, not pre-order style, but like early access early style. Early access style. Um, so we needed like, it's it's the right thing to do to, to make sure we finish that as, exactly. a, as a high priority. Um, and then get this thing in a state where we can get our hands out of it for a while. Because it's not making money. Mm-hmm. Um which is part of what's frustrating about needing to finish Headless Swarm is... Yeah, is we don't have many customers. Like, we right. care about the ones we have, yep. but there are not enough to make it a good business decision to focus a lot of time on it. Right. And which, now that we're out of the profit focus, we can see that more... We can look at that more clearly. Right, and and decide, like, where do we want our creative energy going? And our backlog of ideas... Well, we'll talk about that later. Um, but as far as work-life balance goes... Having that shift, I feel better. I think I, well, I say I feel better, but I'm also really struggling with seasonal depression right now. So I don't feel better. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I have, there are things I need to do to feel better Mm -hmm. in this depression. Um, So I worked out four times last week, like lifting weights. I went to yoga once. Um, Nothing like obsessive but like that is self-care i hadn't worked out in months yeah many months um and it just felt great um i'm sleeping a little more again Mm. depression messes with that right but playing all these new interesting video games i always i kept feeling guilty guilty anytime i played a video game anytime i worked on a side project um so i feel a lot better I also feel ready to kind of come back to the keyboard on EZD. Yeah, when you do it as a choice, right? Not as an obligation. It, it's it feels really different. Yeah, I I have a project that I've been really excited about. A mm. uh, podcast project that I re- we recorded in March, which is also the last time I worked out. By the way, <laughs> ah, hmm, interesting. Um, and the files had been sitting only mm-hmm. slightly edited on my computer for you know months. Mm-hmm. And over the past several weeks, <laughs> I've edited it all, and I'm going to release it soon. We're, and like we're just figuring out how to if how and if to do transcriptions. On yeah, it. yeah. And so that that having it realizing that we are choosing to do this mm-hmm. work with Future Proof, um, and then choosing to do it as much as we want to, yeah, is is liberating. And it's not I don't know that it's not like we thought we were being super strong armed. Like no one was holding our feet to the fire, right. but it felt like an obligation. Yeah, um, which makes a lot of difference. It turns out. So we talked a little bit about the our public relations philosophies and and all the the way that we're relating to journalists and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, we've so we've been having some trouble with some of our technology lately mm-hmm. um so there's a, a a really useful tool called press kit mm-hmm. um that was done by by vlambeer mm-hmm. um and i think verbally it's still pronounced do press kit do press kit okay it's press kit with parentheses afterwards like a function call oh that's why it's do that's it's why do it's do press. okay yeah. um and then it, and then there's distribute or do distribute mm-hmm. which is part of the same ecosystem done by vlambeer and Prescott is, here's this thing, this is a PHP thing that makes you a web page that has all the information on your stuff, all the information that journalists need. Right. And then Distribute is, um, here's a way for people to request access to your game and an easy mm-hmm. way to sort through your queue and see, you know, which of these are just random folks who want keys yep. and are, you know, trying to trying to 
take advantage of you yeah and which are people who actually are going to provide public relation value right. and they have um, they have um do distribute has like a digest email or a newsletter it sends out so you can kind of once you're ready for granting more people access you can make sure you're listed there and mm-hmm. the next wave of people will see it um and both of those are excellent systems like i think i think vlambeer has done um amazing things for the community with both of those um especially prescott yeah um however they are a video game company they're a video game company and so they've been spending their time doing video games and so like prescott hasn't been updated very often it's um it's, i think got an update maybe three years ago mm-hmm. maybe and it's an it's in a tech that we as as like web professionals feel is is pretty dated yeah and it doesn't mesh um, well with our site you have to like um you have to like manually update files on your server to make content yeah. changes which Wait. for us like we just we have content management systems we use yeah. i don't know it's just not the way to to do things yeah we're very process heavy when it comes to changing actual code right yeah um and then distribute like is a really cool tool but like doesn't uh we can't put itch.io keys in it yep and have them work yeah for example and we've got at least one thing where that is the only good way that we have to provide keys right um and as far as i can tell dude distribute hasn't had an update since late 2014 maybe early 2015 gdpr flew by there's been no updates with regards to being able to remove people's information um stuff like that let's like it's it's a sense especially since do distribute is a service being provided mm-hmm. uh, we can't just grab that code and do something with it yeah. uh, but for press kit for do press kit we did um it's it's open source code mm-hmm. um written in php but um we took the features like almost every feature um yeah just about except for uh promoter integration since promoter yes. died earlier this year oh rest its soul i miss it so much yeah um andreas if you're listening thank you for such yes. a great tool thank you for all of your service yes um but uh we just we rewrote it in django and python um yeah. and it integrates into django's admin system so that you can just have its default cms do your work for you um updating images and files is as simple as anything else is in django um and it's on github um if you search for it you can probably find it if you're clever about it but But, we haven't officially released it yet yeah future proof games has a github organization and it's like probably one of our only two repos out there um so that's available we're gonna do a little more packaging on it Um, do things like have tests yeah yeah it doesn't currently have a little better documentation and fix glaring bugs that we're finding as we're as we're coming across it, we're, we're pretty close to being ready to yeah, throw it out there. We've got maybe three bugs, um, but it's in production. We're using it. Mm-hmm. Um, dog food and all that. Um, and I like it a lot. It's so, <laughs> it's so much nicer. It's yes, a little it's, more modern. In it's it's nice not well. to have to edit XML. Yeah. It's It matches what our current workflow is. Right. And like I said, we're, we're web professionals. So anything that's older than about two years oh, feels ancient. I'm not that bad. Um, um grid on the front end oh I mean, yeah css grid and, I, is yeah. just so great so it's and then hopefully by having it open sourced um we'll hopefully and having it distributed in a way that's um you know this is going to be in PyPy and all that mm-hmm. so people will just be able to give pull requests and we can share ownership like mm-hmm. 
um, keep it moving. But we do understand that like a lot of game creators are not programmers. Right. Um, so we don't, I don't think we expect this to be like the thing that take, you know, that takes over the original press kit by any means. Like upload PHP is very, is way easier Mm -hmm. than, uh, know how to use, um, pip to pull a package and add it to a thing. Yeah. We definitely don't want to, to make a press kit killer. We want to make a thing that's like, Hey, here's this great thing. Yeah. That we're mm -hmm. providing another, version of a well not it's not another version of prescott but another uh a thing inspired by it right exactly um so full credit to the idea and and original implementation and everything uh to to vlambeer for sure um but we need to we need to come up something for for key management yeah um i know i know of some other ones but i don't know like we want folks we want folks to be able to request keys or access to mm-hmm. exploit zero day without having to email us um i am not great at checking email mm-hmm. especially if i if it's i'm going to be pretty quick to mark something as spam essentially yeah. and if it's in this nice format where i can match up email addresses to what's on their twitch page or what's on in youtube um that's really nice and simple um, be really nice to have kind of automated fraud detection Right, because there's a there's a decent amount of key traffic that is folks pretending to be some YouTuber in order to get a free game, which right. isn't good for anyone. Yeah, um, and I think um, it's something Do Distribute was working on. Like they have the the kernel of that system. Yeah, they've got some good stuff in there. Yeah, but it just has to be there. Just has to be maintenance work on that kind of thing. Um, yeah. There's not there doesn't seem to be any updating of that and um, of that algorithm or whatever mechanism thing. So. We're on the hunt to figure out what tool we want to be using. Um, for for Majesty, we used uh, one tool that what's the name of it? The the one that's streamer focused. Woovit. Woovit, yes, <laughs> which is pretty cool. I mean, we had some folks pull up stuff through Woovit and mm-hmm. do videos, and that was real cool. Yeah. But we that was very focused in scope. Right. And we're we're we you know we want someone who's like got a blog. Right. To feel comfortable, at, you know, getting a key for Rosette and right. writing a piece that's like, here's what I think of the Rosette character creation system. Yep. Like, that's not really what Wuvit is for. Right. Um, and I think, you know, we're going to be... And it might be that we end up, like, I think Itch has a certain amount, certain simple key requesting system. Um, and it might be that there's something like that where some storefront um, yeah. we can we can go through. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, at this point, we've got stuff kind of distributed. Like, at one point, we were using Promoter for this. At mm-hmm. one point, we were using Do Distribute for this. And so we just kind of got, like, this stuff all over the place for key management and where to request keys. Um, and so I feel like we just need to do, like, the sweep, along with some other messaging stuff. Speaking of, like, the earlier idea of, like, what did we do dramatically to dramatically change the world, um, our mission statement the way we've worded our mission statement across various platforms has has changed. Yeah. Like the mention of transhumanism and various other sorts of wording things. So and thinking about PR philosophies, like I just kinda wanna just clean it all up. <laughs> like yeah. just like make a checklist of the twenty five places that we've described ourselves <laughs> mm-hmm. and then do it better. <laughs> yeah. Have it be more consistent, have it be clearer. Have one place to go to request keys. If, we, if that means we put all our games on itch as well as everywhere else, 
that I love it. That's fine with me. Um, so, yeah. So, do we want to talk about the most exciting thing, the dessert for our for uh, our meeting? We're going to talk about Padlet, right? <laughs> just, <laughs> just the tool? Just the tool. The tool is real cool. So, okay. So, um, at that meeting, you opened up your list of games. Mm-hmm. And had a bunch of cool ideas. And then we were kind of like, what do we, how do we process this stuff? Because yeah. each of us had a Google Doc in my case. Yeah, same. Um, that was just like a sentence or so. Yeah. Uh, that was, here's an idea. I might be a dream. Right, might be exactly something you come up with in the shower. Might just be like, hey, has anyone done this? Or, oh, I want to do this. This would be fun. Yep. Um, and so we were like, what? I kind of feel like we want to do that thing where you like put a bunch of cards up on a wall and connect them mm-hmm. with string um not a conspiracy board <laughs> but like an idea board it's like a conspiracy um, board <laughs> like like a, a lot of designers will do like yeah. put up put up a mood board or whatever <laughs> and so we did we did some research and ended up um using a tool called padlet yep which is That's you know it's P- got a p-a-d-l-e-t yeah it's got a free tier and then we could pay for it if we need additional boards mm-hmm. um but it's it's a cool simple pretty easy to use extremely um, friendly yeah very it's, it's uh, super sweet their mood like the the messaging like yeah. the, when you a dialogue pops up or you get an email or something i really like the, the tone they use it's yeah. it's it's a little twee it but is it's, but it's like hey you've made something awesome yeah come Which, take a look it's cool I'll, yeah. I'll take it so we've got this board that we've been looking at and god do we multiplied wanna... it multiplied mm-hmm. i was like oh look put in these five ideas i filtered some out like whatever uh and the next thing i know i'm like oh well here's a couple more and here's a yeah. couple more so do we want to pick a real small project that we do soon this would be once exploit zero day is open to the public maybe i don't know we've got <laughs> we have a couple feels so far away still it does so the the stuff we need for for easy d to be open to the public are social management features um and i think that now being a being a consumer and user of Mastodon, mm. I would say we did that wrong. Um, we because we have so few users, we felt like we could individually manage mm-hmm. problems. Um, and you know, I'm thinking about abusive people or people who are putting bad things in their game system messages when they make puzzles, right. stuff like that. Um, and so we kicked down the road these features to allow us to we call it socially isolate people. Mm. So let's say you bought headless swarm we don't want to take that from you yeah assuming that you're abusive we don't want you interacting with other players exactly so it's this feature to just kind of like cookie cutter around someone they can't they can't make public puzzles they can't post on the forums they can't their name doesn't show up as someone who can be a friend like Mm -hmm. nothing this person exists only in this private space with the stuff they paid for um and we haven't done that feature yet. Please don't come be an ass in our game. And yeah. well, I mean, we, we, can, we can still remove you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, that that and a little bit around that is kind of the final the final thing. Yeah. And then we would feel more comfortable to to be able to open it up. Yeah. So maybe once it's open, but while we're still working on headless swarm. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. That'd yeah. be cool. We want to look at the board? Yeah, let's look at the board. Read off some ideas. Yeah. Ideas are worthless. Oh God, hold on. <laughs> no, they are like like there's that's the old maxim. Like a concept 
is just a concept. Like, yes. someone could take a really cool concept we have here, make a really awesome game out of it, and it we haven't be. lost anything. Mm-hmm. We could still make a game, and ours would still be cool, and they would have done far more work making it than the yes. concept ever really actually was. This is why my time-traveling language book and or game ideas haven't been trashed after the beauty <laughs> that was Arrival. Oh, that movie was so good. Um, so we organized our stuff into sort of vague groups one of them being kind of jam size like game jam size not like the fruit um uh another category being um things that usually my stuff because i'm way more hesitant um things that i think require proof of concept like i think would be larger in scale Mm -hmm. but should be proven out before it's worth really putting in the work i think your stuff also tends to be more systems intense like, there's a lot yeah. of rules and, and stuff going on, and I think that, that prototyping that stuff is really much more useful than, yeah. like, a lot of my stuff are like, here's this complete story I want to tell. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's not, that doesn't, you know whether or not that ex- that works by yeah. just sketching it out. Whereas I'm like, how do politics work? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have a VR category. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some un- unlinked things, which I think is fine. Uh, we have one lonely visual novel idea. Um, I've never done a visual novel, but I've wanted to kind of do this thing forever. Um, so it's, do it. Yeah, I mean, I think regardless of whether it's with us as future proof or not, I'll probably take a chew on that one. Um, some concepts we think, I think only really work as larger games, in part due to the fact that a lot of content is required. Yeah. Like, like systems okay. are, I would say systems are cheap, content is expensive for us. Yeah. Like, how long has it taken us to write Headless Swarm, but we've had mm-hmm. the, the framework in place for a while. Um, so some of these just require like a lot of exploration, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of like tactically stuff that yep. would require levels being built. Yeah, we've got a tabletop idea. Yeah, of some sort. Which that that's the game? that's oh. the I've got a GMless storytelling game oh. idea. Cool. Because you know it's Monday, so of course I've got one of those ideas. Of course. Um, so do we want to look at the jam section or the proof of concept section? Uh, I would say only the proof of concepts if it if either of those excite you. Okay. Um, I mean, they all look pretty darn cool. Okay. Um, but the jam one has a lot of ideas in it, so we might yeah. as well like start there. Um, Boy, I'm yeah. just looking at some of these. So one thing that that I've had I've been thinking about more is a this is not actually connected to jam, but could work as one a VR game where you move by throwing around a ball and chain that restricts your movement. Ooh. So VR games often have like teleportation yeah. in, in them where you're like point at this thing and then you go whoop and you go to it. And the problem is that right like your actual real world space is how big? Yeah. Um, 10 by 10 by 10 if you're lucky. Right. <laughs> um, and so what if instead of teleporting you've got like that old fashioned ball and chain like for a prisoner and you oh. pick it up with your controller and you throw it and it could both be a thing you could like throw at a thing to break it mm-hmm. but also it sort of redefines the center of your play space. Yeah. The thing about that is, I think that still ends up being a teleport, though. Yeah, you still have to get right? to the limit of it. Yeah, because if you walking's not a thing, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, you you can you can walk around your space, right? But if you were at like if you were against the west wall of your real room and you picked up the ball and you threw it east, it would move. Yeah, but you wouldn't but get you, more space. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. If you threw it west, you wouldn't be able to move further west. Right. So I'm not sure if that actually works. The, the space would still need to recenter as if you were teleporting. Yeah. But it would at least, like, 
lend some physicality to it. Yeah. I don't know. That one might have a little too much fiddliness with with working out that movement system to be worth to be a real small one. Is there one of your ideas that you want to Oh boy. Bring uh, up? So, it's a silly idea and I just came up with it like this weekend. Uh it's also not highly rated. Bring it on. Oh, is this the the the, the Idol 4X game? Yeah. So, I really like the idea of an Idol 4X game, so a game like like um stellaris or or endless space or something mm-hmm. like that um this came up during our stream one of the things that got to me about it is you're right the, the way you have written is uh interesting ways to do um like oh so so the the original idea the ins- the original inspiration involved mm-hmm. a libertarian economy yeah the idea was oh if you make if you were to take a 4x game make it a completely libertarian economy then the player wouldn't have anything to do right <laughs> because which would be idle which would be idle and it, that was a joke um but then i'm like is there a way to do this that isn't like shilling for a shitty economic system that tends to not work yeah. out so great um and i'm not sure that's the case yeah <laughs> I mean that seems like a very open question. I mean I'm I'm very interested in knowing the answer to it, but I want to know what the answer is. Yeah, so that, that's... like what so idle idle games tend to depend on like building up stuff and that very high escalation of power, which suits a four X game to a certain extent. To a certain depending extent, on yeah. The pacing. There's not there's there aren't many four X games with scale like that where where like you start very small and get bigger. Spore is an example of that. Um, you might not have played late stage endless space where you have planet destroyers. <laughs> I endless space two maybe have say. once gotten that far. Um, it's so great. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know that 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 feels to me like a that really does feel like a jam game. Like like toss it out at the end of the time when we yeah. when we have uh, yeah. restricted time and are already a little loopy. Yeah. Um, Tell me about Unnecessary Hero. Um, so, this is a really old idea, so I don't entirely know... Where it came from, where, or what, what you I mean meant, by yeah. it. Um, so have a cheery Don Quixote-type character do the dialogue in something weird, like all cheery death metaphors or something. Um, and what was probably in my head, so this would have been a little while after we finished Ossuary, so clear inspiration there. Uh-huh. Um, but also probably fall in London and some of the writing mm. styles of that. Um, but I don't, there's like, there's no system there. I don't right. know what, what that is. What do you do yeah. in that game? I don't, I don't want to make it is, a dialogue a big game. question. <laughs> um, forgotten Places. Okay. So I, I really kind of like yeah. this idea. Okay. So, um, I'll, I guess I'll just read it. Um, mm-hmm. but visit multiple places where you collect shit. See the place vividly initially for maybe 10 seconds, but let the colors and visuals fade and smear as you continue to explore. You'll be left with the stuff, but not the world. Maybe photographs that also eventually blur and smear. So is this like, this is reminding me of, there's there's a sort of a recurring subgenre of game where you play someone who's blind mm. or, or in the dark and is huh. like sending out echoes to look or... Um, it's like that flashlight game you played on the Wii? Um... Black and white. Oh, dim? Mm. Is that what it was I thought it was gonna, I was going to say lit, but... Lit. It might be lit. Um... <laughs> Uh, sort of like that, or um, who is uh, Scanner Sombra? Never played. Um, it was done by, it might have been done by the Prison same, Simulator same people. people. Oh, okay. Um, it's done by... Prison Architect. Yes. Um, Good game. Also, revolution. But where you're kind of having to navigate a, a place that you can't see clearly. Yeah. Um, that could be interesting. I can see how you would, 
are you thinking like a first person game? Because I can imagine like hmm. the sort of shader that you would use to make that happen. Yeah, I was thinking first person. I don't know what you are. I don't know what your goal is mm-hmm. in this game. Um, is this creepy? This sounds kind of creepy. I think it's only creepy because losing your memory is creepy. Yeah, not, but that's very creepy. Yes, um, but not because, not out of, this is an amnesia, right? Right. Um, which is the only horror game that... Is it a quiet episode of Marble Hornets? <laughs> like, Marble Hornets, but like the end of Marble Hornets, not the beginning where it's like, stop, like, did you review this tape? <laughs> yeah. You know, but like the end where they know something's wrong okay um so is it like when you enter a new room it when you initially see it it's vividly clear mm -hmm. does it start blurring just immediately or like when you collect an item does like it leech reality out of where you picked it up Ooh, that's interesting okay yeah so imagine so imagine you walk into a room that just has a bunch of stuff someone's house like you Mm -hmm. have knickknacks and books and shit everywhere Um, and as you focus on items, maybe not necessarily take things like, you know, you Mm -hmm. can have kind of like looking mechanisms or whatever. Um, as you're looking at things or touching things, details around it fade fast enough that you as a person might not remember what was there because you weren't paying attention. You were Uh looking at the cover of the, the colorful book on the coffee table. Are you able to tell what things will trigger that? I would, I think I would want to make it clear. So like you see a highlight or something that you could... Yeah, focus on. but I also wouldn't necessarily want to allow players to just not touch anything and thereby avoid the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, so maybe they'd need there'd be some motivation where you'd need to interact or, or observe. Yeah, um, or kind of push the issue at a larger scale um, after a certain amount of time or something like yeah. that. Like maybe the whole room is slowly fading, but individual focal points fade faster when you interact with items. Hmm. Um, and I don't know. But I think the the visual of not just losing detail, but like think about like uh, in what dreams may come. Mm-hmm. That sort of paint smear. Yeah, that's like, that's what I was I was kind of imagining bleeding. Have you seen pixel okay. sorting? I have not. Is that a technique or a game? All right, we're gonna pull this up while we record, so this part of this will be cut out. Whoa, yeah, that's the thing. Because I was also thinking of like a Polaroid when it's not good. <laughs> yeah. So what this Holy is, shit. what this basically is, is it's, here's, so we wouldn't. That is my background. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, it would not be easy to actually, to actually do this specific algorithm mm-hmm. um, because of the way shaders work. Um, but what this algorithm is doing is it's saying this column of pixels or this area, sort all the pixels. You keep the same pixels, but sort them by luminance or whatever. Oh. And so that's why you get that weird melty gradient thing. But we could do something like that. Some proximity, like, you know, yeah. I'm not going for photorealism here. So that's kind of that idea. But, you know, I mean, it lacks it lacks goals. Yeah. I like the idea of the area you're in being somehow weird or you know, also unsettling. Like, it wouldn't yeah. need to be scare, wouldn't need to be amnesia. One thing that came to mind in this idea is also Gone Home. So I only played like mm-hmm. 30 minutes of Gone Home. So your memories of Gone Home so are my, fuzzy. Right. Um, but I re- the feeling of being in an abandoned space that should have felt like home. Yeah. And also having met some people in my adult life 
um, who have memory problems, mm-hmm. but are not, but don't have dementia. Yeah. So a taxi driver who had no short term memory, right? Like yeah. talking with people like this, and I, I know a few others, it's strange um, how commonly that has come up. Um, but that's sort of like, what is a space like? when you can't trust that you will remember everything yeah um would the sh- would the space shift no okay i wanted to be a, the person yeah who is, i think yeah. that makes sense yeah because i mean there's there's been some stuff done i mean i think there was a segment of um beginner's guide and probably oh. probably um it's a knock on my plate or something <laughs> what's that game where you're moving blocks and it's all weirdly philosophical and used to be called something else and now it's a new thing antechamber Oh, that's on my list. So that's an idea that I think could be done at a small enough scale. Um, yeah, I think so. Kind of real blocky, like Cairo style, Unity esque yeah. graphics. Yeah. See if it works out. See if see if the visual of it is actually interest as interesting as it looks when mm-hmm. written out like this. Like maybe it just doesn't play. Um, and and maybe the goal for a small version of this is just like they could be anything as mundane as where did i leave my textbook <laughs> or yeah. um i i think we'll end yeah, up coming we'll, up with we'll some do. some plotty thing yeah. for it but nothing too terribly yeah doesn't have to be ornate just like a 10 minute thing yeah and if if it if we get enthusiastic about it and other folks get enthusiastic about it we can expand it that would be cool any ideas you want to offer um i've been thinking about that like what stuff feels appropriate for for me and i'm a little fuzzy on it like a game where success depends on interpreting hasty poorly organized notes in a notebook like i like that idea of being like what the hell what is, is that a g or a q I don't... To, to which i commented hashtag my life <laughs> yeah i think i think we should go for that forgotten places game okay i think we should i should play around with some effects and prototype some areas you can you can uh, practice using blender yes yes and make some spaces yeah practice drawing to sketch out ideas yeah, sure which i do not do all of my ideas are in written form that's all i tend to think so yeah uh good meeting i think i think we addressed a lot of this stuff yeah. um i stopped taking notes pretty early on that's okay I'm, I'm not sure we got that many takeaways from from later parts yeah i think um, we we want we probably want to pick a game jam for first quarter yeah, but we can do that offline. Yeah, and the calendars, which I'm not sure if they're actually the same calendar. I think they are different calendars, but Itch.io has a calendar that just, like, everybody and a grandma can add um, game jams to it. It's really like cool. 48 game jams on there, some of which are long, some of which are short. Right. And it's great, but it's, it is a little overwhelming. It's a little overwhelming. And it, these only, both of these calendars, another one too, they only go out, like, six or eight weeks. So you can yeah. only currently look into January. So if we're like, we've got time in late February, right, we right. just need we to just wait. We just have on. to wait. Um, but we, yeah, we definitely want to do that more preferably, something like quarterly. Scope it to a weekend. Make it yeah. like, we are not, we are too old to be staying up all night. Yeah, we're not staying, we're not sleeping underneath any desks. Yeah, no. no. Um, so this will all be a very reasonable, <laughs> reasonable jam. We're yes. focused on creativity than any sort of crunch. So, uh, thanks for hanging out with us this long. I don't know how long the recording has ended up being, but uh, we've been here a while. 
It'll definitely be longer than 15 minutes. <laughs> yes, yes, it'll be longer than our usual. This is your super special episode. <laughs> Hopefully you knew what you were getting into when you started. I will signal that. So, if you want to check out the stuff we're doing and keep up with the uh, fallout of this meeting, <laughs> you can find all of our stuff at futureproofgames.com. We're over on Twitter at PlayFutureProof and on Facebook as FutureProofGames. Uh, if you want, if you've got suggestions for stuff we should do, if you've got questions about what we've been talking about, just your, comments. Your favorite jam of first quarter we should yes, do. Yes, <laughs> if you've got suggestions for jams, um, just hit us up uh, on our blog mm-hmm. or on social media um, and let us know. Our theme music is Juparo by Broke for Free, which is available under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license. Thank you.